You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, let's get it. Locked On LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona, ESPN Radio Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, CST, and right here for the Locked On LSU podcast. LSU Hoops is uh, taking on a top 10 team in Texas Tech Saturday at the Maravich Center. We will preview that. Also, Mike Dettelier joins us to talk about some of the new staff additions here at LSU, which is where we will begin as LSU has added reportedly two members to its coaching staff. I say reportedly because they've not yet confirmed Andre Carter as the defensive line coach, but it appears as though that will happen. That's being reported by... Uh, Bruce Feldman, who, if Bruce Feldman reports something, he gets it directly from Ed Ogeron or Derek Panamski. So take it to the bank. It's going to be Andre Carter. Um, But LSU has now confirmed that Blake Baker is going to be LSU's new linebackers coach. And Blake Baker has some ties to Louisiana. He played his college football at Tulane. Uh, He coached with Manny Diaz at Louisiana Tech. And then most recently, was with Manny Diaz at Miami for two years as his defensive coordinator. So Blake Baker has officially been announced by LSU as the new linebackers coach. And some it's it listen, it is fair to ask why would a guy leave a defensive a power five defensive coordinator position for another power five uh position coach job he's leaving a DC job for a position coach job now he's 38 years old clearly looking to elevate his career maybe he sees the the path to do that through LSU rather than through Miami where he's on Manny Diaz's staff flip side of it is you could say we saw Miami's defense regress from 2019 to 2020 and sometimes it happens like this sometimes guys um take lesser jobs um and it's it's framed publicly that they're leaving, but really it's sort of a, hey, you should take that job. Remember at LSU when Gary Croton and Greg Stadrowell were LSU's offensive coordinators and, air quotes, left for Maryland. Or when LSU had the co-DCs with Doug Mallory and Bradley Dale Pivato and, you know, Mallory left to go to, to New Mexico. Like, you don't leave LSU for New Mexico. So sometimes it's like, hey, maybe you should take that job, wink, wink. And you get to sort of stay ahead of your resume. I'm not saying I know definitively that's what I, what happened here with Baker, but um, it's it's worth asking the question how that came about. But LSU has confirmed Blake Baker as the new linebackers coach, and we're seeing reports from uh, Bruce Feldman that Andre Carter is the new defensive line coach at LSU. So there's a tie here with Durante Jones. You might remember Carter. He was the number seven overall pick in the 2001 draft, played more than a decade in the NFL. Collegiately at Cal, finished his career in the NFL in 2013, got into coaching in 2017 for two years in Miami as an assistant defensive line coach. Now the last two years he spent as the Jets defensive line coach, but obviously Adam Gase out, a new coaching staff in. Carter was not retained, so now he's able to come to Baton Rouge Carter and Durante Jones were on staff together for those two years in Miami. So that's the connection there. And here, here's what LSU has very obviously done. And we've talked about it a good bit here. But LSU went into this offseason knowing 
They needed to get a staff that was younger, more energetic, and more relatable to their players. And that's what they've done. The Look at the age of the hires. Jake Peets, 37 years old. DJ Mangus, 31 years old. Durante Jones and Andre Carter, 41 years old. Blake Baker, 38 years old. The average age of your new hires is around 38 years old. So that relative to the number when you look at Bo Pelini and Bill Johnson and Steve Ensminger, you had older coaches on staff that have now been replaced by younger coaches who are aspirational, energetic, looking to move up and advance in their career. Not only that, but you also became more relatable to your players. I know we've talked about this a lot, but last summer was bad for everyone in our country as far as race relations, and it spilled into the LSU football program. It's no secret that the LSU players marched to the president's office, and that's clearly a lack of connectivity from Ed Ogeron and his staff with the, with the players. There was a disconnect there. They felt like they couldn't walk into the coach's office and have that conversation so they made a very public outwardly showing, and I think I, – I don't fault them, the players for that at all, but I look at Ed Ogeron and I say, you've got to find ways on your staff to bridge the gap between the coach's office and, and the locker room and make sure that there is that familial atmosphere that Ogeron always talks about. This is a great way to do it. You've got young, experienced, talented black men joining your staff, which is a very good thing that's going to help – this this roster be more congealed. So I, I like that aspect of it. Um, I'm disappointed for my guys, Kelvin Shepard and Christian Lockatcher, a couple of guys who've been support staff members who, who wanted jobs at LSU on the staff and didn't get them. Kelvin Shepard has been the director of player development. He couldn't even get an interview for the linebacker coach job, and he got a job with the Detroit Lions. So anyone who's going to look and say, well, go cut your teeth first, like, he got a job in the NFL. I mean, clearly he can coach, and I know he bleeds purple and gold and would have stayed here for 30 years if allowed, and he didn't even get an interview. I think that's that's a bad look, that you didn't even give him an interview. Christian Lockatcher has been LSU's defensive line coach. Quite honestly, he as a GA, he's been on the field coaching defensive linemen. So he's been doing the job, and they decided to go outside of the building as well. So... We'll see if they're able to hold on to Christian Lockature uh, or if he gets overtures from the NFL or from uh, other college programs. So you may lose some really good support staff members um, uh, this offseason because of the hires you made. But here's hoping that the hires that LSU did make are good enough to help buoy the program from what they were a year ago. And I know there's people saying, well, go get experience. But, I mean, you hired Jake Peets. He's never been a coordinator. You hired DJ Mangus. He's never been a coordinator. You hired um, – Durante Jones hasn't been a coordinator at the major college level, was last a coordinator in Division Two in 2009. I mean, you, you, you reached for guys on this staff. Now, I hope it works, but the argument that you need to go get experience just doesn't hold water because we saw Ed Ogeron make those hires now. But here's hoping that it does work for LSU, and uh, now that the staff is complete, they can get moving toward uh, the signing day spring football, and hopefully a much better 2021 season. And when that 2021 season comes along, of course, you can always wager at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Proud sponsors here of Locked on LSU, betonline.ag. It is the mobile betting site that I've used for more than a decade. People ask me all the time, Matt, where do you bet? Because I talk about point spreads and betting lines and placing bets. I use betonline.ag. 
long before they were a sponsor of Locked on LSU. That's who I used starting back in 2010, betonline.ag. Uh, it's safe. It's secure. It's fun. All of your Super Bowl prop bets are up. You can bet on the Super Bowl itself. Uh, there's futures odds. You can do live in-game betting, college basketball, NBA, NHL. It's all there, betonline.ag. Free to sign up. And when you sign up and go make a deposit into your account, use the promo code Locked On and get a 50% welcome bonus. So whatever amount you deposit to bet with, they'll give you 50% of that number for free to wager with at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast. So, uh, at this moment, we're still waiting for official word from LSU on the Andre Carter hire. But Blake Baker is official, and Mike Dettelier visits with us every Thursday on my show after further review in Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, CST. And that news broke while we were talking to Mike. And Mike has a lot of familiarity with Blake Baker, so here's a thumbnail on Baker from Mike Dettelier. I remember him when he played at Tulane early 2000s, I think maybe 2000, 2003, and four mm-hmm. um, in, in that range. And then he goes to Louisiana Tech. Now, he worked under Manny Diaz there. Okay. And then when Manny left Louisiana Tech to go to Miami, he took the job. Um, and so, uh, no, I, no, I think Diaz went to Mississippi State first. Uh, so, what I remember was that he, he did a really nice job at Tech because Tech's defense, listen, that was not what you think about Tech about. Mm-hmm. But their defense has really played well uh, under Manny, and then Blake came in, did a really nice job with them. So Manny gets the job at Miami of Florida, and Blake followed him there. Uh, really uh, what I call a hot wire coach, man. He lets you know real quickly uh, what's going on and what's not. Uh, Great relationship guy with players. He had a feel for what they wanted to do and what Manny wanted to do defensively. And it didn't surprise me that when Diaz got the head coaching job, that Baker was the guy that he was going to call. They had a really good working relationship. He trusted that Baker could could kind of do all the field work for him. And uh, so I was told a year ago that he was very interested – in the job at LSU as defensive coordinator. Oh, okay. And so he's, you know, he's a Texas guy, but he's got a lot of Louisiana ties. He knows the area very well as a recruiter. 
he's a really good linebackers coach. I mean, that's his specialty uh, is, is coaching linebackers, and I think that that will certainly pay off. But he understands the game. He coming from Miami of Florida and the ACC where they sling it. Well, they sling it around all over. But uh, one of the things is he's a really good teacher. And you look back at those tech defenses, underrated, very underrated back then for what they were able to do. And it was all about pressure, break the pipe, get pressure on the quarterback, and the linebackers being able to cover. And that, uh, that's a good hire. I'd heard that there was some interest uh, there. And so that is a really, really good hire because you needed somebody who had, I think, a little bit of experience here uh, to go along with Durante. And getting him, as, and he a former coordinator at a couple different spots, and he knows the area to recruit, that's a big catch for Ed Ogeron to grab him. That's a really big catch. And, again, I had been told he had an interest in the coordinator's job a year ago. Mike, let me ask one sort, like, sort of obvious follow-up, and I talked about this. Baker, it looked like this might happen, and I, I don't know the background here, but why would you leave a spot where you're a defensive coordinator in a Power 5 to be a position coach at, at another Power 5? It seems like, like a sort of a regression to, to leave a D.C. spot. Well, I think, too, is – you know, he. when you look at where the program's going to be, not just for this year, but for next year or the following, the following, I, I think a lot of times uh, coaches are looking to make that jump. They're looking for a spot where they can become eventually a coordinator or a head coach somewhere. Mm -hmm. Now, when you look at Durante, and, and if it works out this year for LSU defensively, how long do you think he's going to stay here? <laughs> oh, if he wants to be a head coach, Mike, this was his, his launch pad, right? I mean, a year or two. Exactly. A year or two, so, right? Okay, so it's Blake's launch pad, too. Because you know why it won't be in Miami? Everybody's going to say it's Manny Diaz's job. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's Manny's running the defense. So Manny got a lot of responsibilities as the head coach. Uh, uh, and, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, that, okay, yeah, they do spend time in meeting room, and he is a defensive-oriented coach. But, man, you got to take care of, what, 90 players. you got assistant coaches. you got a lot of things thrown at you each and every day that you got to kind of micromanage. You need a guy you can trust. I think Blake looks at this as a situation where, man, this might be a one-and-done if it works. And I can put myself in a spot here to be a defensive coordinator, and I might be one-and-done. Hmm. You know, listen, I don't care what assistant coaches say, and I know you played the thing about uh, last week about Coach Payton saying, oh, they got some assistants. They don't want to uh, look at another job. They, don't, they ain't comfortable <laughs> where they at. Man, what? Man, I, well, introduce me to them guys because I've never seen many of them like that. They got a few, but not, not many. They all looking to be a head coach. Uh, and when you look at his age, you know, again, you bringing in some youth here. To be able to relate, and, and, and this is good, would be a long story, but I'll cut it short. No, I do think that's a big part of college coaching today, to being able to relate to the players and putting them in the right spot. A lot of people, they see, oh, a guy's maybe out of position. Oh, he missed a tackle because maybe he overran the play. No, you got to know responsibilities here, and that's coachable on where to put them at. 
Uh, and I'm just saying, go back and look at those defenses at Tech and how they got after people and got turnovers and got sacks. Uh, that was an underrated because everybody thinks of Louisiana Tech and they think they're throwing it all over the yard. Man, it's just pitch and catch all over. No, they could play some pretty good defense there. Mm-hmm. And that, that was a big loss for Skip uh, when Blake took off to go to Miami or Florida. But I, I can see exactly what he's, what, what's happening here, that he sees this major program and, and I got a spot. And if, if it works out well with Durante – then I'd get a spot to be the D.C. And, uh, again, it's uh, sort of connected dots. It would have been the same thing if it's Marcus Freeman comes in. He's one and done. He's going to be one and done at Notre Dame. If Nielsen had took the job, he'd have been one and done. He'd have been off to the NFL. Things work out for Durante. Uh, tell me that he's going to be there a second year. No, he's going to get a lot of offers. People are going to go after him. Uh, those young coaches today that can coach, and have success with it, they're going to have a lot of people after them. So I understand exactly where uh, Blake is going here. And there's connections. I mean, I, I know he, he knows Coach O uh, pretty well. And, again, the connection with him moving a lot has all to do with Manny Diaz. Uh, he was tight, and Manny really trusted him that he would run his defense correctly. We will wrap up this Friday edition of the Locked on LSU podcast preview in LSU, Texas Tech, and Hoops in just a gif. Let me remind you, though, about our friends at Built Bar and BuiltBar.com. Coming to the end of January, how's that New Year's resolution to get in shape, to lose weight, to keep it off? How's that New Year's resolution going? Well, if you need a kickstart, you're having trouble eating all the rabbit food, Built Bar can help. It's the best-tasting protein bar in the world, and it's good for you. If you are a health-conscious guy or gal, you want to lose or maintain weight, but you want that delicious treat, that's Built Bar. It's soft, easy to chew, like a candy bar, not chalky and tough. It's going to hurt your jaw like most protein bars. Built Bar is the answer. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, perfect for the keto diet. 18 flavors. Find your favorite flavor at BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com. They are the best-tasting protein bar in the world. You can buy a box of one flavor, or you can get the mixed box with a variety of different flavors, which is what I would recommend so you can find your favorite flavor and then double down on that. And we're helping you save. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, one word, promo code LOCKEDON, and they'll give you 20% off at BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com, the best-tasting protein bar in the world. Remember, use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Betting on the Tigers doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get your podcast. Speaking of the Tigers, it is LSU and Texas Tech Saturday from the Maravich Center at 1 o'clock. We also have some updated bracketology, though. ESPN's Joe Lenardi has his latest bracketology out, and uh, he's got six SEC teams in, and among them are your Fighting Tigers of LSU. He's got LSU in as a 10 seed against the 7 seed Oklahoma um, in, the region, in Region 4. So how they would normally have it, obviously, is is regionals. But now, because it'll all be in Indianapolis, um, 
they're numbering the regions, one, two, three, and four. So LSU region four against Oklahoma, LSU the 10 seed, Oklahoma the seven seed. In all, um, Joe Lenardi has six SEC teams in uh, his bracketology. So whenever, um, when we look at this, he's got, let's see, I'll just go region by region. In region one, he's got Florida as the seven, Arkansas as the 11. In region two, um, he's got Tennessee as a four seed and Alabama as the two. Uh, region three, um, Missouri is in as a three seed. And then in region four, as I mentioned, both Florida and uh, LSU in uh, in region four. I'm sorry, just LSU there in region four, excuse me, as the, as the 10 seed. So, look, this is a great opportunity this weekend for LSU taking on Texas Tech. Uh, LSU's net rating right now is 34. And uh, they're going to take on a Texas Tech team, which is ranked at or near the top 10 in all the polls and currently has a net rating at 13. So this is a massive opportunity if you are able to get it. And while quality wins certainly weigh heavily when it comes to the committee, you also need quality wins to offset bad losses. Now, I think it's fair to say right now that LSU doesn't necessarily have a bad loss, but at the same time, in this SEC, that could certainly happen. I mean, LSU avoided a bad loss when they pulled it out late against Georgia. Same thing with the struggle against South Carolina. And this past week against Texas A&M certainly would have been would have been a bad loss. Um, you know, but in this conference where you've still got games against you know, against Vanderbilt and you know road game against Georgia, you've got those opportunities for for what would look like a bad loss. But you also have opportunities for good wins. You play at Bama. You got a home game against Florida. You got a home game against Tennessee. As we mentioned, you got this weekend against Texas Tech. So a team 13 in the net, it's a great opportunity for LSU if they're able to get this win at home. But that is going to be a mighty big challenge, as Will Wade knows. On his radio show last night, he previewed Texas Tech. They're physical, and, and um, I mean, they're, you know, they're in the top 10 for a reason. It's not by accident. So they're as good a team as we've played this year. Um, you know, just in terms of offense and defense and their balance. They run a motion offense, which is a little bit more difficult to scout. Their defense is impressive with the way they play their system and the way they go about things. It's, it, it, is, it is extremely, extremely impressive. And Coach Beard's done a, done a tremendous job. He's built a, built a great program at Texas Tech, and they're going to be really, really good for a long, long time. This team that played for a national championship a couple of years ago, so... Uh, they're led by Mac McClung, who leads him in scoring at 17 points a game. Uh, he's a 6'2 guard. Here's what Will Wade had to say about McClung. He's just a very, very good player. You know, the number one thing is we got to guard him without fouling. You, get, you, you can't foul him and just walk him to the free throw line. And then we've got to keep him in front and force him to shoot some contested twos. We can't give him some of the crazy threes. And, you know, he, he can hit some trick shots. He can hit some really, really tough shots. He's got, he's got a great makeup to him. He had a big shot to win the game at Texas. He's not afraid or not, not, not scared of the big moment. You know, I think, I don't want to speak for Coach Beard. He's, he's a lot better coach than I am. But, you know, I think he's given McClung maybe a little bit more freedom than he's typically given as guards and I think McClung's done, done a good job with that and taken advantage of it and and, um, and had a great season they're not infallible though uh, Texas Tech did lose this week at West Virginia a really closely contested game West Virginia made a bucket late and uh, Texas Tech had a, uh, a shot at the horn and it didn't go but um, they've lost to Houston they lost to Kansas I mean, it's a good loss well they lost to Oklahoma State uh, they do have a loss to Baylor so I mean they've lost to some of the, the best teams in college basketball quite honestly um, and then the one we mentioned this week uh, on the road at number 11, West Virginia. This is a great basketball team, and uh, it's going to be a real big challenge for LSU. But one more from Wade 
on the keys to win this game for the Tigers on Saturday? Well, we're going to have to rebound better. That's going to be the number one thing. We're going to have to have our best rebounding effort and best rebounding game of the year. And maybe since we beat Houston at home our first year, that's going to be number one. Number two is is got to be strong with the ball and get a, get a shot on the basket as often and as much as possible. Just give ourselves a chance. we got to get out in transition, get some easy baskets. If we, if we have to play and try to score against their set defense the entire night, it's going to be very, very difficult for us to, to make things happen and do what we, do what we need to do.